Welcome to the Get Your Writing Done podcast. I'm Trevor Thrall, author of the 12-week year for writers. If you enjoy today's episode, please consider submitting a review wherever you get your podcasts. That really helps. And for weekly updates on the podcast and other writing resources, you can subscribe to my newsletter at getyourwritingdone.com. What if there was a tool that would simultaneously help you be more accountable, give you inspiration and support, give you feedback on your writing, and provide structure to your weekly writing routine? What an amazing tool that would be. Whoever invented it would surely be a zillionaire, but it sounds way good to be true. Or is it? In fact, there absolutely is such a tool out there. It really does exist, and it's called the Weekly Writing Group. Without question, this humble tool is responsible for more productivity, more companionship, and more great writing than any other thing I can think of. Unfortunately, many writers have yet to embrace the weekly writing group, and for good reasons. In today's episode, I'll talk about the many reasons I love the weekly writing group and how you can start a group of your own. As an academic, I have kind of taken for granted over the past couple of decades the benefits of the collaborative nature of the research process. Until I started talking with more writers over the past couple of years, people who don't have jobs in institutions as writers, uh, but people who are independent writers, whether independent nonfiction writers writing for their businesses or independent fiction writers writing uh, novels and, and whatnot in, you know, as their side hustle or, or even as their main, their main hustle. But what I didn't fully appreciate was that for many writers, the, the benefits of having a weekly writing group were not obvious because they've never, they've never had one. Whereas I've sort of been steeped in group work because of the nature of the research process. And so today what I want to do is just kind of, I guess, you know, promote the concept of the writing group and how incredibly powerful it can be. Because one thing I have learned over time is just how useful having these groups is. And I, you know, I can confidently tell you that if I had not met on a weekly basis with uh, my various and sundry co-authors and collaborators, I just never, I cannot see how I possibly could have gotten all the work done that I have, nor could I have had any fun doing it. Um, it's so much more fun to have people engage with you and to engage with them and their work along the way. So, so today is kind of my love letter to writing groups and some steps for you if you um, would like to form one, just some things to think about as you're doing that. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges that come with um, being in a writing group as well. So, you know, in the book I talk about this, but but it's important enough that I don't think you can ever talk about it enough. There are many, many reasons why writing groups are so powerful for writers. And I think the first and one of the most important ones is its impact on accountability. And we all know at how hard it is to hold ourselves accountable even to the things that we really want to do. You know, we're, we're trying to get a lot done in life and, and keeping yourself, keeping your feet to the fire uh, to follow through on all your different projects in life is difficult. 
And I think writing is one of the most difficult. Um, so, so one of the things that writing groups bring us is a really powerful tool for amplifying accountability. And let me tell you a quick story uh, about the power of groups that I learned in doing research for the book. And it comes from the medical world. So the, um, the incidence of you know, heart disease in America is very high, as I'm sure everyone knows. And you know, if your arteries get too blocked, you end up having to go in for bypass surgery. So they unclog your arteries, not a pleasant experience. Recuperation is miserable. And after you get done with the surgery, the doctors will tell you in no uncertain terms, if you don't want to have a heart attack and die, you better change the way you eat because you're, you're clogging your arteries up with too much plaque. So you need to eat low fat, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so you would think, having been given this warning, that people who have just gotten bypass surgery would, would straighten up and fly right. Unfortunately, that's not what the research has showed. Um, in fact, just about 10% of bypass surgeons, uh, sorry, uh, surgery recipients are still living clean two years after their surgery. So within two years, 90% of these patients have stopped eating better and behaving in a way that's going to actually let them live longer, which is kind of shocking if you think about it. Enter Dr. Dean Ornish, who I am sure many of you have heard of from the diet and nutrition world. And he had a theory about eating healthier and how to, how to you know, do this sort of thing, uh, right? And so he had a program that was a one-year-long program. And there was a, you know, he, he did this uh, study with a, several hundred people who went through it. And they went through this program for a year. And then they measured how these folks did after. And three years after the program had ended, 77% of the group were still following the new lifestyle guidelines. That's an incredible jump, right? Seven, almost eight times better results than the standard uh, experience with patients who've had bypass surgery. And you're asking, well, what the heck magic was in there? And, you know, there was different parts to the program, most of which were sort of similar to anything else. Uh, we're going to give you some more nutrition information and diet and you know, psychology and all this other stuff. But the big difference in Dean Ornish's approach was that these people also met in groups with each other twice a week that whole year with a psychologist and talked about their situation, talked about their diet, how they're feeling about it, all those different things, right? So this group who met every week with their peers, talking about their journeys, 77% of them succeeded in sticking to this lifestyle change by three years afterwards, whereas in the other case, 90% have fallen off the lifestyle wagon within two years. So to me, that speaks volumes about the ability of groups to amplify accountability and, you know, get results. When we look at accountability and writing groups in particular, I've seen throughout my writing career several important ways in which groups help people hold themselves accountable. And, and the first and simplest is that as humans, we're social creatures and most of us are kind of programmed to want to, um, you know, look good, uh, for others. And so most of us want to come to writing groups with our 
work finished so that we can report a successful and productive uh, week behind us. And in cases where you're actually collaborating or where what you're doing is part of, you know, the group's um, process, uh, you know, not letting the team down is another sort of social uh, goal for most of us. And so those things provide additional, you know, accountability sort of mechanisms in our in our brains in addition to just our own desires to hold ourselves to the goals we have set and then i think another key piece to the accountability equation is the fact that because the weekly writing group serves as another form of deadline uh, each week even, even if it's not the deadline for the writing you know maybe that was a few days before but that's when you're going to present the fact that you did or did not hit your deadlines and, and all your goals. Um, the fact that we are always keeping those deadlines in mind keeps us in accountability sort of mindset. It keeps us in accountability mode. When you're continually reminding yourself that you promised yourself and maybe others you were going to do something, it helps keep us accountable. And so I you know, can't tell you the number of times that I've heard uh, people uh, tell me that they have gotten things finished right before whatever group meeting they had. And it's for this reason that there's kind of a, a accountability amplification to, to the group meeting, you know, sort of flow. And so I think most people who attend regular writing groups will agree a hundred percent that they are far, far more likely to follow through on the different tasks they set themselves when they know they're going to present their performance at a group meeting. Just simple as that. The second big benefit of writing groups is motivation. And and I, this is quite distinct from accountability. Now, you know, the language sometimes can be confusing. If, if you know, having a deadline motivates you to hold yourself accountable, where is, the, is that motivation or is that accountability? What I mean here by motivation is your enthusiasm for continuing and uh, working on your writing project. We all go through ups and downs of motivation. That's natural. In some ways, there's nothing you can really do about the fact that some days you're on fire for things and other days it's hard to get out of bed. Uh, but 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 that having been said, you absolutely can um, structure your life in a way that keeps your motivation relatively high. And for me, I know, and I think this is true for many others, uh, meeting with other people is one of the best ways to stay motivated. And I think the, the reason behind it is, again, as social creatures, for, for humans, con- enthusiasm is contagious. Motivation is contagious. Healthy habits are contagious. When we see them, we want them. <laughs> and when we see someone else who's enthusiastic, it, 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 it's like somebody sharing their light with you. You, it, you, don't, you don't have to steal someone else's to, to get energy, right? When you see their energy, your energy is revved up. And you'll come out of a meeting with other people hearing them reporting on their projects and how excited they are and how they're moving forward. And this is just going to give you energy to do the same. And, and it's a fantastic positive spiral because you come excited about something, you get them excited, they get excited, you get excited. And this is an incredibly virtuous cycle that, um, 
you know, a writing group helps set in motion. Uh, I cannot tell you, for me in particular, as as the older professor, you know, member nowadays in these groups, um, since I do most of my writing with graduate students these days, you know, I'm I'm the older I'm the oldest person in the room by quite a bit, and um, and what I'm you know what I'm benefiting from is the fact that I have you know t- typically twenty something. Uh, students who are new to the business, who are perhaps working on the first project that's going to get published uh, in their careers, uh, or you know, early on in in their careers, and their excitement levels are through the roof, and their enthusiasm for going the extra mile to check um, on some data or to track down another citation or to read another source to see if that's where the critical information is. It is inspirational to me. And, you know, you get a little less inspired by doing something the 400th time. It's a, it's, that's natural. Um, but I can see it through new eyes when I am in uh, you know, community with my graduate students. And so for me, that has been a tremendous, tremendous boon. And uh, m- my sense is that this is not an unusual thing. This is just what happens when humans come together um, to share uh, the things that they're passionate about. This is this is just the normal thing that happens. So it's not like you have to program it or figure out how to make it happen. This is this is just what happens when people get together to share. Closely related to that is a third huge benefit of writing groups, and that is mutual support. Uh, nothing is more useful uh, for helping you um, pick yourself up after a tough rejection or a difficult conversation with an editor or a mentor or an advisor or whoever, a boss, whoever's had something critical to say about your work, for example, uh, which is a, a scenario all of us are in numerous times as writers over life, over life. Um, and, you know, dealing with those things on your own, it's possible, um, you know, but, uh, you know, there are also a lot of unhealthy ways that people who are alone um, might choose to deal with those things. Uh, you know, I think we, we've all been there. You know, dark thoughts, people drink, they do, you know, other silly stuff. Um, a healthier way to deal with those things is to, you know, find a supportive group whose role is to help process those things. Um, you know, I know uh, from my wife's experience in graduate school, for example, she she had a couple of different writing groups that met every week, and in particular, the she had a small group of women who were all working on their dissertations uh, at one point, and and you know these are all students who are in fact dealing with their their PhD advisors, and they're trying to get their thesis proposals approved. They're trying to get their sort of theoretical frameworks uh, figured out, and and at that stage in your in your writing journey, you're taking a lot of heat from your professors because you're not doing it right yet. It's not good enough. They want to see this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, if you've ever talked to somebody about a, a new germinating project in the early stages when you're fragile, it's fragile, and taking criticism can be brutal at that point. And this is on top of the fact that, you know, we're talking about students here, some of whom you know, are, are nervous about whether they'll even be able to accomplish, to finish an entire dissertation. Um, if any group of people needs support, it's writers in that kind of a situation. And that is precisely the kind of support that my wife's group gave to each other. Um, you know, I think there were four women in the group and 
if one of them came in and had just had one of those kinds of conversations or feedbacks from, from a professor, uh, they were able to help that person process, kind of grapple with it, accept that there was some useful stuff in there and that maybe any of the other stuff is not personal, you know, and it just all these, all the things you need to do to kind of generate that resilience and to find that grit inside yourself to keep going. Um, again, as social creatures, you can try to do these things alone, but you're not going to be as effective as if you have a group, a supportive group. So I, uh, you know, especially if you are new, if you have been stuck, if you have had sort of an emotional up and down period, and you are in a place where uh, you find it difficult to deal with setbacks and stuff, like especially if you're in that kind of a situation, a Redden group is going to be a huge boon. But even if you're not, right, even if, even if you're you know, going along swimmingly, uh, the fact is, is that there are still going to be bumps in the road, and you're still going to want to support and moreover, if you're in a good place, you can be a very positive support for others. So, so support is, I think, just another fantastic reason to be part of a weekly writing group. A fourth great reason to be in a group is learning. Uh, we learn from each other. Even if you're just a group of peers, um, we can learn. We're all, we all have different strengths. We all have different tools that we bring to the game. And... You know, that's a, just a phenomenal way to expand your own toolkit is to hang out with other writers and to see how they do their stuff and uh, shamelessly borrow and steal all the good stuff. Um, I have a long history of doing this. And one, one of my favorite stories that I mentioned in the book about this is when I was um, a young, young, um, just about, you know, I think I just got my PhD or was just getting it, just finishing it. And I was an adjunct professor um, and, um, the senior colleague in the office next to me, uh, very famous political scientist. And he had a, uh, research group of, I don't know, five or six, seven, five or six graduate students, PhD students. And they were working on a, a co-authored, uh, research paper. And I asked, they would meet in this little room that was just because of the weird configuration of the offices. There was actually a door from my office to this conference room directly, which was really strange. <laughs> but, but at any rate, I said, hey, Mike, since you're there, you know, next to me anyway, um, and I've never been part of one of these groups, could I see how you run it? Could I just, you know, join your, join your you know, group every week as a sort of a shadow uh, and just sort of see how it goes? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure, fine. And man, oh, man, did I learn a, a ton uh, from that. But, but what I learned was how much the graduate students were learning. They were part of a writing group where, uh, you know, Mike as the senior professor would ask them all, well, what do you guys think the, the next steps should be? And they discussed those sort of things and they sort of agreed on all of them. Every week he would ask each of them to update the group on, on their part that they had been tasked the week before. And they would just, you know, they were so full of excitement and they would here's what I found, here's what I think it means, and they would all discuss that. And, you know, they were pretty, you know, clever grad students, so there wasn't a lot of no, you're wrong, or no, you're wrong, but but where there were sort of points of emphasis or um, elements of sort of uh, guidance and mentorship that Mike could could offer, he would do that. But what I learned, I not only did I see that they were all learning how to do research and at the level necessary to be a, a professor, uh, that was one thing they were learning. 
The other thing they were learning was how to be good group members, to how to be good collaborators. And for Mike, whether they knew it or not, um, I was doing it explicitly, but they were probably doing it implicitly, is they were learning how to eventually run those groups themselves because they would all become professors at some point and eventually be running groups of research students uh, themselves. And so they were also learning in, in retrospect, the, the, one of the most, this is just one of the most impressive, impressive performances I've ever seen. He, Mike was just so good at this. Um, he was so confident in his students and he was um, so, so mild and gentle in guiding discussion and their excitement was just so high. And in fact, they did end up uh, publishing this article in a, a top flight research journal, which was just a really cool cherry on top for what had been a phenomenal uh, group process. And so uh, whether or not you have a coach or a mentor in your group, um, you're going to learn from each other about how things are done. And getting to watch someone else write a novel or write a dissertation or whatever it is up close and personal, you are going to learn so much. I always joke with my wife that you know she got a PhD in sociology, but I, I must have at least a master's because I had to watch her do it and talk her through it. You know, as she learned things and would bounce them off me and tell me new things she'd learned. I feel like I got a master's at least out of that. And, and you're going to feel the same way in your writing group. Uh, you're going to, you're going to have, you're going to draft off the experiences and learnings of all the people around you. It's, it's an intense and wonderful thing. All right, a fifth piece um, that you can get from weekly writing group uh, is feedback and or constructive criticism. Um, you know, unlike just a standard accountability meeting, which is great, um, you know, you just show up and tell people how'd you do and, 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 and you know, you know, just trade stories about, you know, the troubles of getting things done in life. That's super useful and that's great. But for writers, having a writing group full of writers is really important because, you know, sure, accountability is kind of a general thing. That's fine. Motivation and support, you could think of those as general things. But learning from other writers and getting feedback, in particular feedback and critique from other writers, is something, obviously, you can really only get from writers. And so, um, you know, if all all that's available to you is um, a, a non-writer or two or three to have accountability means with that's better than nothing by a lot. Um, but if you can meet with writers, the scope, the possibility for having a greater scope of that group uh, and it being even more useful to you is, is much greater. And so I've seen, you know, writing groups uh, full of writers writing the same general kind of genre probably works best. Right? So like, you know, PhD students in the same field or using the same tools or methodologies, uh, fiction writers writing the same genres maybe, uh, things like that. Uh, these are folks who can be sort of maximally helpful to you because they can read your stuff and, and find the flags and, you know, keys that are things that for you in particular will be useful to improve your writing. And, uh, you know, I know for, for me, for example, that everything I have written has benefited from feedback and critique. Um, and, you know, as an academic, there are many stages along the way uh, before something becomes um, a publication in, a, in an academic peer-reviewed journal. Um, typically, my own writing group will read multiple, multiple drafts of things. Uh, then you'll maybe offer this as a conference paper where you will get more peers to go through it and then you'll have anonymous reviewers at a journal and <coughs> at every stage it gets better and better with the feedback now you know there's there's helpful feedback and there's not very helpful feedback so we'll talk about that in a bit but 
but in general, um, you know, as iron sharp sharpens iron, one one writer sharpens another, and <clears throat> there is there is really no better way to get better at writing than to get uh, a lot of feedback on what you're doing. So that's the fifth. The sixth piece, and the last one I'll talk about to try to convince you how great writing groups is, is structure. Writing groups provide phenomenal structure for your week. Um, and I think this might be the most underappreciated element or benefit of the writing group. But one of the crucial things that, a, that having an anchor in your week, uh, like a writing group does, is it, is it actually provides structure to the rest of your week as well. Uh, it's because of the fact that it sits there as a, a, a deadline, as a, a social forcing function, if you will. Uh, and because you, you tend to want to get things done for it, it's going to have the effect of sort of reorganizing your week, whether you realize it or not. And, and the way I figured this out actually wasn't writing group. I, I played rugby in college, and uh, when I joined the team, and I've you know, told on myself before that I was the world's least organized student. And that was certainly true throughout college. But, but when I joined the rugby team uh, my junior year, something funny happened. Um, so all of a sudden, rugby practice was two nights a week. And we had games, which took up all Saturday. And taking that much time out of my week, um, and you know those things became the anchors of my week, and everything else had to kind of move around them. In particular, what that meant is that I had less time to do my homework <laughs> and my reading and other things that would tend to happen at nights or on Saturdays. Uh, and the curious thing was, and I never would have guessed this, is that the rest of my week became more organized because it had to. So it, it wasn't just that, oh, I started doing my homework. It was a little more than that. It was that having those times blocked out meant I then had to shift and be more efficient with the time that was left. And then because I had to be more efficient, it turned out that that actually had the effect of making me more productive during those times. So I'm not going to say I was super productive and organized. I, I was not. Um, but that gave me the insight that, huh, sometimes if you structure, it has knock-on effects that can create greater efficiency and productivity. And that's what I've learned is exactly true with writing groups. And so, you know, a lot of people joke about how terrible meetings are. Ah, uh, the meetings will continue until morale improves. And I'm not going to argue. I think meetings are awful. Um, you know, paperwork meetings, meetings about bureaucracy, uh, you know, all sorts of corporate meetings are, I would guess, a lot of them a waste of time. Writing group meetings, however, are different. Um, writing group meetings, to me, help structure your brain and help structure your week. And if you also um, use your writing group meetings as writing dates, in other words, you actually also use them uh, to write, uh, maybe you do some accountability and sharing of updates up front, and then you do some kind of writing for an hour or two or whatever it is after that, this can be part of what helps you structure your entire writing routine. Because, you know, as I talked about in a previous podcast, one of the things we're, we all need to have is a steady writing routine. We write at this time, these days, all the time, so that we are steady and consistent in our productivity. And we can sort of bank on our ability to get writing done. Now, having a writing group meeting is like a really important linchpin or anchor in that kind of system that can help the whole thing go. That can help, right? You, you put yourself 
you put the writing date or the writing group on the calendar, that's on Fridays. And all of a sudden, that means that Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, the Sunday before, the Saturday before, all of a sudden you sort of have to-dos now on all those days that are more obvious because you want to be able to go to that writing group and report success. And so it makes every group writing session before that important and so on. So I, I have um, I have come to believe that the only way that many projects get done is that there are regular meetings. They create the forcing function, they boost accountability, and they help structure people's weeks so that they know when they're going to be writing, they know where they're going to be writing at a higher level than they would have before. So in a nutshell, accountability, motivation, support, learning, feedback, and structure. Six phenomenal reasons that you should be in a writing group. Now, um, how? If you're going to form a writing group, how do you do it? Uh, and you know, hey, it can be as simple as asking a couple friends, you know, hey, do you want to meet every week and talk about our writing? That's a great start. Um, nothing wrong with that. But if we're going to be a little more deliberate about it, um, just to make sure it's as useful as possible, I think, you know, you can kind of think of a few steps in the, in the formula. And the first is to figure out what's the scope and, and purpose of the group that, that you want to start. Because you, know, you can you can start small and, and get bigger over time or, you know, and it's going to depend on what your own interests are. But, you know, at the most basic level, you can meet with other writers just to hold yourselves accountable for getting your stuff done. Um, or you can um, use this group as a way to write in a social setting. So um, a lot of people enjoy writing near other people in a coffee shop or at their somebody's house or whatever it might be, pandemic willing, um, and find that having writing dates is a really great way to add a, you know, a certain chunk of writing that you just know is going to happen every week. You know? um, so you, know, you could be just accountability, you could add the writing, and you could also even you know, add sort of coaching, mentoring, learning to this if that's the kind of a group you want where you where you will seek out someone who can kind of be a leader um, and and help yeah, and again this is going to depend on where you are in your writing journey um, are you going to try to offer each other feedback and critique or is this just a you know a group where you're you're getting together um, so those are some questions that I think are really useful to ask there may be um, you know some situations where you might actually want one group of people who are great to write with, and that's fun for you, your friends, maybe you write all sorts of different stuff. Maybe a different group is your group for critique, right? So so don't don't be shy. Form two groups if you have the time and, and inclination. And so that kind of leads naturally to the second question is, who do you want in your groups and how many people do you want in your group? And I think that's a, again, that's a tough one that's going to depend on your own personal preferences and what you want out of the group. Um, there are pros and cons to small and big. Sometimes small is beautiful because um, you might know each other better. You can have very high levels of trust, um, fewer egos and personalities to kind of balance in the room and so on. Um, on. On the other hand, a big group can be wonderful because you have more eyes uh, on on any given problem to discuss, you're going to get sort of the crowdsourcing will be better if you're trying to figure out, you know, brainstorm strategies and so on. Um, if, if you're having people read your stuff, um, if it's the same two people all the time, 
Um, you might find that you um, already know what they're going to say, and it's not as useful to get feedback from the same two people all the time. So you might want a bigger group. Um, and so on. And, and, and frankly, you know, just from a simple logistics point of view, if your group is only two people or three people and someone can't make the meeting one week, there's no group. And so that's not very useful. Uh, I've certainly been there when, when I'm working with maybe one co-author and uh, that's the writing group for that paper. Uh, when, when one of us can't do it, there's no meeting that week, which can you know bog things down considerably. So, so you have to figure out what, what the right balance is. And, and the only thing I'll say on that is um, starting small and it's easier to add than it is to ask people to leave. So <laughs> that's the only thing I would note there. Um, and then, you know, you want to start to figure out once you sort of ha are assembling each other, um, what are the sort of structures and processes that you're going to want to use? Um, you know, who's going to organize it, who's going to host it, or who's going to do the communicating. And you, you know how this goes. Every group, every PTA group, every club has its people who tend to do the organizing. And if if it's your group and you're comfortable being in that role, wonderful. If if that's not your strength, if you're not that person, um, you know, maybe you need to find that person who you trust, who is that person and kind of be, um, you know, be the be the other force behind the scenes, um, having the, you know, getting the group set up. Um, and that sort of relates to another piece, which is sort of setting expectations and norms for your group. Um, this is really important. And, you know, of course, every group is going to evolve over time. Norms evolve over time. That's kind of what they do. Um, but for really important things, I think those are really um, key for, for getting on paper early uh, instead of letting them evolve. So if, for example, you know, how do you want to deal with um, feedback and, and critique? Um, those are fraught sort of processes. Um, do you want people to be, you know, blunt with each other? Do you want people to be gentle? Do you want, right, how do you want to deliver um, critique? That That's a particularly big one. Um, how consistent do you want to insist that people be with attendance? This is a big one, right? If we're, if we're doing an accountability group, you want people who are going to show up every week. If you have a big group and you're just doing it to be social and you just need some bodies there, then maybe you don't care so much. So those kind of things are important so that you're not disappointed, you know, a month into it with how it's going. And then, you know, the last logistical piece, of course, is when and where are you going to meet? And, you know, what will you do if people uh, can't go? What if you miss holidays? You know, all those little things just to make sure that this is, you know, this is your group. You, you make it how you want it, right? So... Again, I mean, forming a group, we, we've all done it. Um, I think there are some things to think about to make sure you get it right, but it's not the world's most complicated thing to do. Just start doing it and you'll figure it out as you go. I think that's probably the, the best rule of thumb. Um, challenges. Um, so a lot of people don't have groups. And the reason for some is that there are obstacles, I guess you would say, to forming groups for many of us. Um, the first one is that it can be hard to find uh, fellow writers, peers, who are the kind of people you'd want to be in community with. Uh, not all of us uh, inhabit a, a setting where writers are around every corner. Um, you know, I, I happen to be in an academic setting where literally every office door opens onto a person who's writing for a living uh, and writing this kind of stuff I write. So it's pretty easy to find people to write with. Not so for people who write fiction in Idaho or Michigan or wherever, 
right? So finding the right people is a challenge. And, you know, I think the, the, the answer to this, easier said than done, is to go where the writers are. So the internet is a godsend. There are many, many watering holes online now. Uh, and, you know, it requires not being shy, which is a hard thing for a lot of writers, of course, to do. Um, but you know, social media, uh, writing community out there is thick on the ground in all the different social media. And, and I think, you know, if you put yourself out there a little bit and let it be known that you are interested in starting a writing group, um, my guess is that you will have some contenders. Um, second though, second big challenge, I think, and why a lot of us don't start a group or don't join a group is that it can be, uh, especially at first, it can be emotionally challenging to join a group. Um, many of us are nervous about sharing our work. Um, and ironically, it can be even harder to share that work with our peers, with fellow writers, people who we know, know good writing. Um, and we're, of course, naturally worried that people are going to judge us poorly. Uh, I, I don't tell the story too often, but I'll, I'll tell you since you're all friends. Um, I had terrible imposter syndrome when I was in graduate school. And when I was just finishing my PhD, I... I wrote a conference paper that that I had, was originally pretty excited about. Uh, and then as it got sort of closer to finished, I wasn't so sure about it anymore. And then by the time the conference rolled around and I was actually in Chicago at the conference, I realized in a panic that I thought it was garbage. And the worst thing was that uh, the panel I was on, the the chair of the panel and the, and the person discussing the papers and sort of providing kind of critique to a room full of political scientists, all of whom were older than and more advanced than I was, of course, because I was whatever, 20 something. Um, at, at that point, I realized I had zero confidence in my paper. And the last thing I wanted to do was to talk about it in front of these people and then get destroyed for it uh, a few minutes later. So guess what? I didn't go to the panel. <laughs> Terrible breach of conference etiquette. And completely cowardly. Um, and the funny thing is, I then later uh, buttonholed the chair at a uh, at a, uh, a, a cocktail event later and apologized and made up some lame excuse why I didn't go. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty good. You know, it needed some things here and there. And you know, it wasn't so bad as I had thought. It would have been a good conversation. I should have done it. But but bottom line, this is exactly why people don't form writing groups." is they're worried that they don't have what it takes. They're worried their writing isn't any good. I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. Um, but as I've, as I've said in other places on the podcast, and as I continually tell my own students who are grappling with imposter syndrome as they try to become political scientists, uh, look, A, it's human. We're all going to be nervous about sharing our work, especially early on when we're, we're not sure about it, when we don't know if it's going to come together the way we sort of hope and see in our minds, uh, when we're sure that it's not well, you know, all well laid out yet. It's not done. It's not perfect. Um, you know, it's hard, hard, hard to share at that point. But what I tell my students and I will tell all writers is to get used to writing in as transparent a, a manner as you can share your mess. And the phrase I like sort of best is to fail early and fail often. Except that it's hard. 
swallow that feeling, I mean, whatever you call it, like embrace that feeling, share anyway, because here's the interesting magic that happens when you share early, when you share really early, share one sentence about what your book is going to be about. That's easy. I mean, all you're doing is sharing a sentence. You're not, you know, they can't judge your whole life on a sentence, but you get a little feedback and you go back and then you offer a paragraph and you get some feedback and then you go and they offer a page and then you get some feedback. And Meanwhile, people are actually giving you great ideas to improve that paragraph and to improve that page. And when you get feedback at that stage, you can actually use it because you haven't created the whole thing yet and you haven't become wedded to it yet the way it is and you haven't gotten ornery about getting criticism. And, right, so failing early, failing often, sharing the mess, getting comfortable with that because the great thing about that is by the time you finish the manuscript, by that point, you've gotten enough feedback and enough criticism, constructive, criticism along the way that you're feeling really confident about the final product. And and you should, because it's going to be really a lot better for having gotten all that feedback. Well, that's, that's my, my sort of story about how to embrace the writing group and the fear of writing group, because we all have it. We're all nervous about sharing our work. We're all, we've all grappled with imposter syndrome and the perfectionism that can kind of accompany that where we're not willing to share anything until it's you know, just absolutely perfect. But the problem, of course, is that not many of us can make something that's absolutely perfect in a vacuum. Most of us need feedback in order to get our work to where it needs to be. And so writing groups are fantastic for this, but it does require getting over that emotional hump. And so my my strategy there, in a, aside from sort of trying to embrace, sort of lean into that like writer-warrior style, feel that feeling and realize it's not going to kill you and move forward. But the other thing is to start with a small group of people that you really trust and, and build from there. It's, it's never going to be probably the easiest thing to share your work in front of strangers, of course, um, until you're really confident in it. But with a small group that you can trust, then I think, you know, it's much more doable. Another strategy along those lines is to form a small group and then build trust before you start sharing, right? So share the things that feel comfortable and ease into the sharing of things. And so, you know, don't make yourself do it all at once. Put a toe in and share bit by bit. And when you find that it's not, you know, it's not hurting, it's not killing you to do that, then you can kind of continue to to grow in your comfort in that way. Um, I think, you know, kind of related to that for many writers, you know, we're introverts. We like being alone. We like doing things ourselves. Um, and we don't always have an easy time uh, adjudicating and grappling with the different egos and, and personalities that come with the writing group. Yeah, totally understandable. Um, and again, this is kind of why it's important to handpick the people that are in your group if you can, um, or to at least make sure if those are issues for you that, you know, you you do what you need to do to to, to compose a group that, um, that works for you. Sometimes in those cases, actually having a somewhat bigger group can be easier because it's, you don't have to deal one-on-one with people so much. And then the last reason, of course, that people don't is because they think they have a busy schedule. And I reject that. I disagree. I don't think you're too busy. If you're too busy to have a weekly writing group, I think you might be too busy to write, period. Um, and I think that's how important writing groups are. So... So I, I hope I've convinced you that a writing group is probably a very good idea. Um, I hope I've given you some thoughts about how and what kind of group you might start. On 
And if though you are not at a place where you have the uh, wherewithal or um, kind of capability to make a group of your own, I'll throw in a quick pitch for my coach-led weekly writing group. Um, I have a few spaces left in a couple of my writing groups and we meet every week on Zoom and we hold ourselves accountable for our writing. We share our progress reports and our updates and we brainstorm our way through the challenges that we're facing. And uh, we often then also have time to discuss various uh, sort of issues relating to writing. And, and I'll often provide some sort of a few coaching tips uh, along the way. And it's my effort to replicate this wonderful group that I saw many years ago, in a sense, um, where, where, where I can help people uh, create the tools and structures that help them become productive writers. That's one of the f most favorite things I get to do in my life. And so I have a blast at these meetings. Um, they're full of incredible writers. And so if you are looking for a writing group to get you started, um, and this is a great place, by the way, to find people to then graduate from my writing group and go start your own. So if this might be just the thing you were looking for. Okay, guys, until next time, happy writing.